0: Well, good morning, friends. This is Ashley Campbell, Daily Encouragement, and I'm switching it up today. I'm actually recording on my phone. I want to see if it sounds better. Um, So any of my loyal listeners, give me some feedback. Let me know if it sounds better on here. If you think it sounds better, God willing, I'm going to be getting a new microphone in the next month or so. I'm really, really excited. Um, You know, it's you guys, excuse me. I hope you guys are keeping track of your journey of this transformation journey. Write things down, write it down and make it plain. Okay. What's that scripture that Steve Harvey always refers to in Habakkuk Habakkuk two something, you know, write the vision, make it plain, write down the things in your life that you want. What freedom do you want in your life? You know, what do you want to know? Do you want to know your purpose? And let me tell you something really quick. You guys, I'm gonna give you a little, a little tip that I realized in my life as, you know, really struggling with that whole idea of purpose. Knowing, hearing Christ say I was free, and if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. And then feeling and living like a slave, right? Worried about what are other people going to say? What's the Christian community going to say? How are people going like, to look at me? How are people going to judge me? What are people going to think? Worrying about all the other things that I didn't have control over, instead of realizing that, actually God has given you the Holy Spirit, and one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. What does self-control look like? In the context of your life okay so you guys self-control is go back to you you cannot control how people perceive you because you don't know the filters in their mind that they use to interpret information y'all we all got different filters some of the filters are a little distorted and by God's grace we can get those filters cleaned transformed You know, we can grow our perspectives to where, you know, those filters are still there, but you're aware of them. And so you learn to, you know, uh, filter the information from a different perspective. So you don't get that same result. You know, you're not going to look through it maybe from like a generalized statement. Oh, you know, if I, if I wanted to be, Oh, all Christians are judgmental. All Christians are critical, right? That's a generalized statement and I could kill and destroy uh, potential relationships that the Lord would bring to my life if I just assume through a filter that they're all like that, right? So I have to learn to grow and mature in my thinking in that way and say, you know what, God, the truth is we have experiences, things happen to us, but that doesn't mean that that's the reality of the content of the current season of my life. So anyway, you guys, I hope you guys have found some value in the podcast that dropped on January 31st, the collaboration with. Uh, Tori Tori Slaughter of Our Given Purpose, Casey Alexis of Being Eve and Stephanie Bright of Christian Girls Pop. I hope you la- I hope you people out there um have I was going to say I hope you ladies, but I'm sure there's also uh guys out there that listen to this podcast. I know my husband listens to this podcast. So anyway, uh I hope you guys have checked out their their stuff out there um and be encouraged. We are just trying to encourage people with the practical wisdom that God has given to us in the context of our lives through the struggles we've had through the things that we've been through, because we understand we're all human beings and go through the same thing. And we want to bless you guys with our journey, with the grace that God has poured in and back to purpose. I almost forgot to not share it with you guys. If you want to know your purpose, find out the hole of shame that you're stuck in right now and ask God to get you out of it. Okay. You want to know your purpose, get out of the shame hole you're stuck in acknowledge it acknowledge how it's stealing killing destroying you acknowledge the fact that you need god's grace that you need his healing that you need him to come and speak to you and give you a different perspective right god is the god of aha moments christian or non-christian yo i really believe that because everything good comes from him whether people recognize it or not right so Anytime you have a moment or a thought in your head, we're like, wow, I never thought about it like that. And that freedom comes, that freedom comes, those burdens come off of you. Those chains come off. That stress is lifted. That is the Lord. Okay. You know, when you ask questions to yourself. So you guys, I want you to really think about that. What, what, what hole of shame have you found yourself in? Where do you need God to transform you? And then when he gets you out of that, all you got to do is tell the world. God will bring people into your life that will need to hear your story of how you got out of that, you know? And so that's what I believe, you guys. I believe that God works in the context of our lives, finding Jesus in the context of the daily. I believe he's going to use your current struggle you've been in, right? The shame that you find yourself stuck in. And I believe he's going to provide a practical solution, insight, wisdom to yourself, freedom. And then you are going to be able to articulate that so well and give that to other people. It won't even be a stress. You won't even have to learn anything new, so to speak. The only thing you're going to learn is how you are impacting you. That's it. And that is so amazing because your well being won't be attached to somebody else at the end of the day. So I digress as usual, you guys. I always got so much to say. Oh, sorry about that, you guys. Uh, my grandma just messaged me. I sent her uh, a podcast to listen to. So she's like, oh, I just listened to it, honey. It was great. Thank you, grandma. You are pretty great. You're an amazing woman. Uh, you guys, my grandma, shout out to grandma. She's about to be 80 in June and she started her own cleaning business. You know, she's cleaning people's houses. She's encouraging people. She's, you know, uh, looking for opportunities and how she can share, you know, God's grace with others. So grandma, you're, you're, you're doing awesome. You're such an inspiration and uh, I really love you and appreciate you. So let's talk about what I was talking about yesterday, you guys, um, I'm kind of in this, um, I wanna finish up talking about, you know, the hole that our beliefs have put us in. And I want to finish going through that list of the different beliefs I've had and kind of how I fell into it as much as I can. I'll try to tell you guys a story of each one. I'll do my best. And then probably next week, um, next Monday, we're going to get into the victim mentality. We're going to get into the, 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 the triangle, the drama triangle. Um, it's, it's really, uh, that creates social dependency. And I want to share that with you guys. It was a new perspective. So we'll talk about that on Monday when that episode drops, it's going to be, I don't know, but well, I don't know what day it is right now. You guys, as I said, I moved to my location. I'm actually sitting down by the side of my bed, recording this podcast on my phone. I'm trying to get the, the sound a little bit better. So I'm like hiding myself in this little hole right here. I would go hide in my closet, but I can't do that. There's so much stuff in my closet. Like, you know, pictures, like a thousand pictures. I got seven kids, thousands of pictures, holiday decorations, winter coats, you know, basically all the things that you hold on to, but you don't have like an attic or anywhere to store it. <laughs> so that is my closet. So I cannot sit in the closet. Um, Lord's cleaning out my closet. That's for show. Sure. And let him clean out yours. Y'all don't, don't be, don't be in bondage. Just get free anyway. So let's talk about beliefs yesterday. So a couple, I got, I think I wrote down about six of them. I want to share them with you guys really quick. looks like maybe seven and I want to dig into them a little bit more. The first one was in order to be right, you know, I need it to be validated by the outside world. I never learned to trust myself. Um, The decisions that I was making, I was always looking to the outside world to tell me that was right. Even though, you know, you have a thought in your mind, like, I know I need to do this. You've got peace, you've got freedom. You know, you've got grace, right? You're like, okay, I need to do this, but you've never done it before and you don't know the response you're gonna get from the people around you. So you kind of like on the edge with it still. You're like, well, you know, no one's really told me it was gonna work out or whatever, but you guys, You can't, the, the, the danger with thinking like that, as I said, in the very beginning of this podcast is you don't understand the filters and the perception that that person is viewing you from, unless you've asked the question. And here's the thing. You don't need to know all of that because here's like, you know what I'm saying? You don't, you, it's none of your business. Okay. You should only be concerned about yourself at the end of the day and where, you know, where you are on your freedom journey. Okay. If you know you're getting more free on the inside And here's the deal as you get more free and and maybe maybe let's just say like for me you guys I had some toxic traits all right toxic traits meaning that and and I didn't even know I had them and and that's the way that's you know that's the thing with blindness right you don't know you're blind until you realize you can see and then you're like wow I was real blind right there what I mean you guys is I told you guys that I grew up with a codependent mindset my well-being was dependent upon the well-being of other people. I learned that as a child. I learned to shut my needs down. I learned to be quiet. I learned to do all these things while I was young because when I was trying to get my needs met, it was threatened by the outside world, by my mom, by my dad. They would make cracks, they would make comments. I said my dad would call me the cop caller. My mom would call me names. They would withdraw. They would, you know, um, just overreact. And so uh, all these painful responses that they had given to me I didn't like that. I wanted to minimize that as much as possible. So I learned to cope at a very young age, five years old to just say, you know what, let me sit you down and let me talk to you. Let me understand you. Let me figure out what's going out with you because maybe if that happens, it's going to bring some peace and I'll get some peace. So my peace was dependent upon my ability to help somebody else solve their problems. Well, you guys, oh my God, try to do that as an adult, right? And I was doing it as an adult, right? I was like, I can see, I can see what's going on here so clearly. I can see the conflict i can see it and so i if somebody would talk to me and i would listen and i'm trying to understand and i would see where the i'm like okay you know um i i would see where maybe the the disconnect was or whatever you know and i would just start talking about it well if that person doesn't see that side of it they're gonna take they're gonna think i'm attacking them you know they're gonna take it like i am like you know like I don't know, murdering their, pers- murdering them, killing them, whatever. You know, those negative emotions are going to come up. And so anyway, I never, you know, have you guys ever heard that line? Um, unva- un, how do, how, how do you say it? Unasked for advice. Unasked for. Is that a word, you guys? <laughs> Unasked for advice is criticism, and that used to bug me because I'm like, because here's the thing. When I was growing up, my parents never asked for it. They never asked for what they needed. But they would just sit there and die in a hole, and you know, struggle and do. And they never asked for what they needed. So I'm like, if y'all y'all ain't asking, nothing's getting done. Like, so I learned that, right? I learned to to be a lot to say people. I know actually, I naturally assumed that people didn't ask for what they needed, right? So I would just go ahead and. So you ain't going to ask for what you need because if if you did ask for what you need, you wouldn't be struggling with this, but you're still struggling with it. So, uh, you're not asking for what you need. Oh, sorry about that, you guys. So anyway, um, I never asked, I, I realized they weren't asking for what they needed. They were suffering. I was suffering. I was suffering as a child because my parents were not asking for what they needed. They weren't taking responsibility for that. So I was like, well then I'll do something about it. And so I started to naturally assume that other people are like that. And I began to attract certain types of people to me. As I was growing up, I attracted a lot of kind of, uh, you know, victims in my life in a way, right? Because I was helping them and solving their problems and doing these things. You know, um, I learned that really got reinforced when I got into the church because we were helping people who were struggling with addiction and struggling with alcohol and struggling with all these things. And I was like, I understand this. I've lived in this right? And I can see the, see this. So let me help you. And so I would take that into all my relationships, not even paying attention necessarily to, you know, the dynamic or anything, you know, not, not necessarily always paying attention to the fact that, Hey, they have a completely different life, different outcome. Uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. It was just a autopilot. I was in that I did not realize that was stealing, killing and destroying me as well as other people because I would overly stress about other people's problems that I had no business stressing over. Ashley, it's not your job to fix people. It's not your job to get them to ask for what they need. It's not your job to do those things. That is on them at the end of the day and I had to learn that and boundaries you guys is really what changed my life. Anyway, that's kind of this you know round, roundabout story or whatever but I wanted to make the point that you don't need validation from the outside world to do something that you know you need to do. You don't, they're not all knowing but you have an all knowing God inside of you, he will be enough validation. And that's exactly what Jesus said. And that's what he told the Pharisees. He goes, the law says, I need two or more witnesses. Okay, I've got my testimony and then I've got the testimony of my father. That is your other witness. And that takes a lot of courage to live like that, you guys. But that is what God is calling us to. Can you be so confident in your conviction, uh, being convinced that He is in you and he is for you and he's got your back that you can go ahead and do whatever he wants you to do. And you will know what he wants you to do because you're going to have peace. You're going to have joy. You're going to have the fruit of the spirit. So, you know, you've got God's got your back in that. And you're going to have to just go forward with it regardless of uh, how uncertain it may be because you don't know how people are going to respond, but it's not your job to know that your job is to know yourself and be self-controlled. So number two, I can't trust myself, right? My heart is deceptive and beyond care who can understand it. That scripture was used quite a bit in the old church. You know, uh, your heart's deceptive. You can't trust it. Die to yourself. Die to your emotions. Die to how you're feeling. Die to everything that you're called to be in control of and live for everyone else. So that is what I did. I died to myself. I died to my feelings. I died to my emotions. I died to everything and anything that had anything to do with me. I died to anything that was self-control related. And I went ahead and lived for everybody else. Let me serve you. Let me solve your problems. Let me be overly investigative of everything else that doesn't involve me. And let me be in everything that involves you. And it looks really, really good because you look like this really awesome Christian servant, but you can be so ignorant to your own self, right? And that's what I was doing. And, you know, that scripture in Jeremiah 17, I shared with you guys yesterday. That's what it said. You know, your heart, your heart is deceptive, but go to the next verse. It says, I, the Lord know and understand it. And I was like, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You mean to tell me, Lord, like, okay, I can, I can deal with this deceptiveness within myself, but you understand it. So that means if God understands it, he's going to give me the ability to not be deceptive anymore. Hallelujah. You guys. All right. Let me move on to the next one. When I'm honest, people can't handle it. They overreact, withdraw, isolate, attack, blame, victimize, or disengage. You guys, I have so many examples of that from my own life. As I shared it with you, you know, my mom, um, she would kind of threaten me in a way. Like, hey, Ashley, if you tell people this is what's gonna happen. And so that scared me. You know, I don't wanna go to CPS. I don't wanna go to a freaking foster home. I don't wanna go get molested by some random people. Like, that's what I heard. And I didn't want that. So I learned to shut down with that. Um, when things were going on in the church and I was seeing the kind of relational disengagement, uh, the way people, people were talking to each other, just really arrogantly. Um, you know, people weren't being honest anymore because they didn't want to be attacked. I just saw this, this lack of transparency, um, this lack of honesty, this lack of authenticity, And I was like, you know what? We should be able to speak honestly and openly without fear. That's what freedom is. You know, Casey, Alexis nailed that in the, in the collaboration podcast and, uh, you know, um, you know, there's freedom in the truth. And so, but there was no freedom there because if you weren't doing and saying what they wanted, then they would, you know, basically accuse you kind of like the Pharisees did when the, I read that yesterday when the guards showed up and said, well, why didn't you bring him in? He's like, dude, there's no one that's ever spoke like that. They have their own conviction. But then they said, oh, has any of the leaders of the Pharisees believed as if they were the supri- the supreme beings of that, as you weren't allowed to have your own identity and, and your own thoughts or whatever. And so as I was walking in mine or like coming into that as a young child, it was, it was attacked by the outside world. So I was like, well, I can't, I can't speak the truth because when I do, if I make voice of things that I see, cause I saw a lot of hurt when I was growing up. You know, when you watch your mom get her head bashed on a dresser every single night, screaming, yelling, arguing, calling, calling names, I mean, constantly for years, you get a type of, uh, what would you say, um, just discernment to that. You're very sensitive to those things. And so um, I would call it out and they didn't like it, you know. And so I would call out grandpa doing drugs. He didn't like it, um, you know. So there was just a lot of things. And here's the thing: I have a lot of understanding. I really do. I will understand you till I'm blue in the face. But then, at the same time, you know, um, that understanding can blind me to um, what would you say? It will blind me to dis- discernment. And I'm going to get into that. That's going to be number six. So, number four, I need confirmation. There's nothing wrong with that belief as long as you are being tr- truthful with yourself and kind of seeking confirmation you know, on that level of freedom and transparency and authenticity, right? You're, you're, you're aligning, you're you're getting your motives checked. You're asking God, okay, Lord, what is the, like, what are my motives for this? What do I need? What do I want? You're asking for what you need. You're being honest. The only confirmation you need is the confirmation and the conviction of the Holy spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the fruit of that. There's going to be evidence of that. Okay. For me, it was, if the church confirmation was equal to, if the church doesn't agree, then God doesn't want you to do it right. Well, the only problem with that is, again, the church is man, people who have their own perspectives. And if they're not being honest and transparent, if they're not telling their stories, if you don't know them, and then you're going to go ahead and and put God on it, God is the most honest and transparent being I've ever met. Y'all read the Bible. You know exactly what he wants, what he doesn't want, what he loves, what he hates, what he's going to do, what he's not going to do. You are not confused about the character of God. I'm going to tell you right now, though, when I was in the church, I was very confused about who these people were. I didn't know them. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know their stories. I didn't know what they wanted, what they didn't want. I knew they didn't want me to, um, you know, go against anything they were seeing, saying. I knew they were going to have an identity crisis, right. And, and start attacking me if I said or thought differently than they did. It's kind of like when teenagers are growing up in their home. And they're coming into their own ways and all the, and there's this friction they think one way the parent thinks another the parent doesn't know how to deal with a being that's different than them right they haven't learned how to reason like the lord does god says let's reason together we are completely different than god but he still is able to communicate with us right he doesn't use our differences against us and and smash us he listens he understands he gives he gives perspective and he's perfect though right but we're not perfect individuals you know we're not we don't see everything the way that God sees. And so because of that malfunction in the sense of not being all knowing, we have to be especially careful to make sure our personal biases and assumptions and generalizations and those negative filters um, aren't being filtered in our relationships. And and so God doesn't have any of those bad filters, but we have some of those filters sometimes that get in the way. And, uh, you know, so if you try to make your confirmation through a bunch of people that got those negative filters, you're going to be so confused. And, um, you're going to get so discouraged. So anyway, you guys, I need a confirmation. Number five, my needs are overwhelming or stressful to other people. I learned this in the context of my childhood. I shared that with you guys many, many times. So I learned not to share what I needed. Uh, you know, Jesus says, ask, seek and knock. He goes, give to all who ask, you know, communicate with each other. Um, I wasn't very good at that. I was very good at seeing what other people needed. And I did my best to meet their needs and give them free advice and, and listen and try to understand and, you know, do all those things. And those are great traits, right? But, uh, I also am a human being. I have my own needs. I have my own things I need to deal with. And I just didn't give myself permission to do that, you guys. And, uh, you know, as, as I entered the dynamic of the church, that didn't help either. As far as, um, the people there did not display their need. There was no vulnerability. You didn't know what people needed or, you know, because we were all helping. We, it was helper and helpy mentality. It was, if you're a helper, you can't show that you need anything. Right. And you guys got to be careful with that because especially as you elevate in life, and I'm realizing this, you guys, as you know, I get more opportunities to kind of share my story with people. I have this thought come in like, you know what, Ashley, you know, you're not qualified because you need to be at this certain level, right? You need to be healed to a certain degree or, you know, this or that. It's almost as if with like, you're not allowed to still, you know, struggle with things, but you are like, you just have to know the hole so much that you got out of and just be a couple steps ahead of somebody in that way. Right. You, you're not going to be out of every single hole in your life because you're always, you're not all knowing, you're going to make mistakes. So you might feel like you're falling into a hole there. So you guys, it's always going to be this process. So you've got to learn to kind of appreciate what you've been through already. The wisdom God has given you and also just be okay with, you know, um, uh, change and transformation and, and, uh, you know, um, I lost where I'm going with this, with this whole thing, you guys. But, oh, yeah, as far as your needs, you're going to need new things and new seasons, depending on what you're doing. And you just got to get comfortable with that bit. Get comfortable with being needy. It's just the nature of being human. You know, we need things and that's just the way it is. All right. Number six, understanding. Oh, here we go. A belief I had that was negative that put me in the hole. Understanding supersedes discernment. OK, I would understand To the point of no longer using my discernment and paying attention to how this behavior, this habit, this relationship, whatever was going on in this thing was really impacting the situation. I would understand it till I was blue in the face. And then I would just I would I I did not make the decision to be like, okay, does this got to stay or does this got to go? You know, there there comes a point where you get so much information, you know, so many things, you know, you've evaluated, you're looking at it, you're making a decision. You just need to make a decision. Okay. How much are you called to understand foolishness? Like, like, let's be honest. At what point do you cut it off? Okay. And, uh, hold on. What did I write right here? Oh yeah. At what point do you cut it off by what the results are? Right. The results are showing this. It's consistently showing these results. You're trying to understand to your bloom in the face with this relationship. You're trying to, you know, you're self-evaluating, you're changing, but there's no, there's no movement. There's no growth. There's no love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faith, and the self-control It's still hostile. At what point do you just accept and move forward? You got to have that discernment as well as the understanding. Just because you discern a situation is, is, is getting to the point of foolishness. It's getting to the point of still killing and destroying just because you make a decision to cut it off doesn't make you less understanding or less forgiving. It makes you wise. God sets limits on evil. We got to be willing to do the exact same thing. We are made in his image. So he understands with us, but then he also says, look, this has got to go. You, c- This cannot happen, right? So we got to be like that too. We got to learn to have understanding and use the discernment from the past experiences you've had in your life. Come on, you guys, don't tell me you haven't gone through things. Don't tell me you haven't gone through evil experiences and haven't seen things and heard things and felt things. You need to pay attention to that. Do a, an autopsy of your life. Extract the experiences that you've had in your life. Take the, take, take the wisdom, right? Take the meat, leave the bones. Take the good out of the bad. There are bad things you've went through that you can get good from. You know, how, why did that happen? What led to that situation? How was I thinking? How was I being? How could I have changed that? Extract that information and take it with you into the future. Okay. But for me, it was nope. Understanding over discernment, long suffering. Okay. I was taught the long suffering meant to literally suffer, not to suffer while a person changes for the better, you know, but to suffer because we are just human and no one is perfect and everyone sins. Okay. And here's a really big one. You guys, I wasn't, I wasn't taught to pick people based on a greater vision, but on a condition, a condition that can't be changed. What's the condition of man? We mess up, we fail, we fall short. So because I was in these relationships that were failing and falling short, I would keep them in my life because that's long suffering, right? But God chooses people who choose him here's the deal. He wants to save everybody, correct? He goes, I've come into the world to save the world, not to destroy it. But isn't it funny how he always says, come near, come near to me and I will come near to you. i he's like, I've already made the invitation. I already know I want to have a relationship with you. I already know that I love you and died for you and want to give you everything and absolutely everything you need to survive. Right? So you have to be willing to understand that in your relationships with people. Pick people based on the vision for your life and where you wanna go and not on a condition. People are always going to be sinful and lack and all of that. However, what effect is that per person, what effect is that person producing in your life? Is that gonna take you where you're trying to go? If you're trying to get love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and walk in your purpose, and you're hanging around with someone who steals, kills, destroys, victim mentality, wants more from you, um, their problems are bigger than your problems. All this kind of stuff, is that going to fit where you're trying to go? At what point do you have to discern that you are two different people on two different paths and you love them and you forgive them, but that is not, that's weighing you down? You got to learn to cut the relationships that are sucking the life out of you. That is your responsibility. I never learned to do that because it was always understanding over discernment. Last one. Oh, last one. Yeah, you're not forgiving if you confront what is the one thing that Jesus gave to us? You know, I think it's like Matthew 17 or 18, right? That, that scripture, uh, if your brother sins against you, okay. If we're made in the image of God, we do things made in the image of God. We do things that God does to get the results that God does, right? God confronts. I used to be scared of confrontation and I realized a little bit this morning, why is that? Because growing up, I already, I didn't realize how abandoned I really felt. I, it was, I I didn't understand it because I'd felt the sense of a connection to my parents by me being there for them and listening to them. And when I would listen to them, they would, I felt like that's when they were responding to me, paying attention to me, listening to me. And really it was because I was there for them. So it gave me a false sense that they were there for me. Well, over time, I realized that if there's any type of conflict or whatever, I would get a little bit like stressed out about it. Because I was really dealing with this. Oh, great! They're gonna abandon, or they're not gonna be there for me, fully present with me. And I would rather have someone be fully present with me than abandon me. And so I had to realize I needed to to kind of work out those abandonment issues. So if you guys have any of those, I completely relate. I didn't even realize it up until you know probably like maybe I would say maybe a year ago. Um, It really has kind of come to light a little bit more as I've thought about it just over the last you know few months you know, reading these different books I've been sharing with you guys, but you know, the whole thing, you're not forgiving if you confront, um, you guys know what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is releasing all resentment from your heart. Um, now I'm learning, um, as far as when you're having a conflict with somebody, uh, there's, there's going to be certain things that you say and you don't say, not because you're not, because you're being dishonest. But it's like, like, it was like it was described to me. It's like talking to a child. You don't give them all the full meat full the full meal deal. I typically give people the full meal deal. I'm like, I, I naturally assume that everybody's on the same page as me and everybody is, you know, c- processes like me and and wants the same kind of real meaty truth and just like dives right in there. I assume everybody's like that, but I'm learning. That's not true. Ashley, <laughs> everybody's different than you, different, different, everything. And so I have to learn how to communicate with people differently. Anyway, um, I'm digressing. So. You're not forgiving if you confront. Um, Release release resentment from your heart and then also confront the issues that are hurting the love. If you do it with the spirit of, I care about this relationship and I want to preserve, there's nothing wrong with that. But you can't control someone who doesn't want to take responsibility for the injuries that are occurring in the relationship. God expects us to take responsibility for the injuries that we have had in the relationship with Him. And that's the requirement. If you don't take responsibility for it, he's like, there's nothing I can do for you, right? You've got to own your crap, right? So you guys, we got to learn to own our crap. And if people aren't owning their crap and you're in a relationship with them and you're owning yours, it's, it's dysfunctional. It's not going to work. You know, it's got to be uh, dual function because people are people. It's different between us and God because God is perfect and people are not. So anyway, you guys I love you so much. I better get off this podcast. I will see you next time. Oh, it's still recording. That is amazing! I was about to cut that off really quick, because on the computer, you only get 30 minutes, but it looks like on your phone, you can get past 30 minutes, so yeah. All right, you guys, so (laughs) I was about to cut that off, which I probably should. Um, The kids are up, I gotta go check on them. Um, They're eating cereal right now. But uh, yeah, you're not forgiving if, if you confront. God has always demanded that we take ownership for the things that we're doing in relationship that are hurting it, and he does it in a very gentle way right? God's perfect. He doesn't hurt us. We hurt ourselves by how we think about him and how we think about other people and how we think about ourselves. So that's why I love my relationship with the Lord, because it's always truth all the time. The only one that I got to think about is myself. I have to reflect on me. Ashley, how are you perceiving things? How are you looking at God? How are you looking at other people that is causing you to, you know, feel stressed, steal, kill and destroy. Right. And I'm always asking the Lord. All right. I can see that. How do I need to change that? Because I, if I am made in your image, that means that I can always have the fruit of the spirit too, all the time. And it's not going to be dependent upon someone else or a circumstance. It's going to be all dependent upon how I'm perceiving a situation because life is in your thoughts, yo. Life is in your perception. The only problem you're ever going to have is how you feel and how you feel is how you're thinking. How are you thinking about a situation? Right? So how you're feeling is going to lead to that. So anyway, you guys, confrontation is healthy. It's normal. It's part of the process. Um, because, you know, and Jesus even said, he said, if we have issues, we got to learn how to confront it. And I know it's hard for us because we've been hurt by people. They've confronted us in abusive ways. They've, they've abused us, called us names, teased us because they were feeling hurt. So they they're trying to like deflect that or whatever, you know, um, when you're in pain or whatever. So I understand that, but you guys, that's why we got to get healed. You know, um, we got to have this kind of inner reserve of peace and, and I'm asking God, Lord, help me to have that buffer between my response and then the reaction outside of me, right? Like there has to be this level of grace. There has to be this level of separation from the situation so I can look at it objectively and not overthink it or take it personal or whatever, you know, but just kind of be aware of the situation and try to understand and, you know, and that kind of thing, you guys. So yeah, um, you, the whole belief of you are not forgiving if you confront that's a lie straight from the devil. The devil never wants us to confront the things that hurt love because his deal is still kill and destroy, but he's going to use uh, little crafty things that sound super good and Christian to keep us in bondage. So we have to understand that your responsibility is to confront things that are destroying a relationship. That's what God does, that's what we're supposed to do. Now, how you do it is going to be very, very important. And there's a lot of character development that goes in with that, right? You guys uh, paying attention to ourselves and, and being aware. Um, you know, asking for what you need, uh, you know, getting healed, get healed in your life. Okay, you guys, so I'm going to get off this podcast that uh, were, that's like the seven massive things, the beliefs I had that put me in the hole I was in. I tried to kind of go through each one and explain to you guys, you know, what got, got to that and then how to kind of get out of it too. You know, if you find yourself in that situation, um, you know, so I, I hope you guys got some value out of that. Next Monday, we're going to be talking about the victim, the drama triangle, the disempowerment triangle. Um, I'm going to give you guys some examples from my life as far as how I've fallen into all three of those uh, roles. And you guys, I want to be, I want to bring awareness to this, you guys, because there's also another triangle. It's called the empowerment triangle. And that's, that's the one that I'm on and want to stay on. And I want you guys to be on. I'm going to have to I'll have to look that up a little bit for you guys and kind of go back to that. I've, I've done a little bit of studying on it, but, uh, you know, there's some, there's some good resources. You guys can look it up too. the empowerment triangle, the drama victim triangle, educate yourselves on these things, guys. God says that we die for lack of knowledge. We don't want to be ignorant. There's a reason why people have these things out there for us. They really are helpful and empowering. It's, it's ways of perspective. It's ways you're going to give us peace. And when you think about it, you know, it's all biblical right? Uh, God says that we're not victims. We're victors, right? There is no shame and condemnation in Christ, right? There's forgiveness. There's redemption. So we have to understand a redemption mindset. So we don't stay in this victim mentality, this low level thinking that's going to keep us from God's blessing and the purpose he has for our lives. So anyway, you guys, I love you so much. Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. I hope it sounds better. If it does, I'll probably just sit here in my little corner next to my bed and, you know, cause I'm sitting on the floor. I've got my little nightstand right here. My bed is right here. So I'm kind of like in this little cornered out spot. And, uh, you know, if it sounds better then I guess I'll just start recording from here on my phone. So anyway, you guys have an amazing rest of the day and I will see you all next week.